it's important that people know that in marriages, you will have times where, um, which, how can I say this nicely? Trials and tribulations. <laughs> can I say that? Oh, it's definitely working spaces. Whoa. You know, you, you will have times yeah. in a marriage. It's not 100% brownies and ice cream. Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday women share stories of hope. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy, and we are your podcast hosts. And today, we have a really cool story to bring you. Keisha was actually episode 134, and she shared her story on getting out of an abusive relationship, and it was so powerful. And when she got to the end of her story and she talked about having just remarried not long ago, I remember talking to her and saying, I would love to hear your and your husband's story of marriage coming out of an abusive situation. And so it's just something that God kept on our mind. And not long ago, Katie looked at me and said, Robin, did you ever get back with Keisha and Ricardo? And I said, you know, I didn't. And so I reached back out. And today you are going to hear their story of marriage and how God has redeemed their relationships. I know, you know, when when you listen in on this story, what I love about it, it's almost as if you get to listen in on a dinner conversation between a married couple <laughs> as they're talking about their story of love with one another. They finish each other's sentences, which is precious. And they really just share this concept of not only redemptive love for each other, but the redemptive love that Christ brings them. And one of the things I loved about their story is that scripture just flows right Right out of them. And because of that, I thought this was a natural discovery guide. A discovery guide is a one-sheet Bible study that is found on our Patreon community. And in that discovery guide, you have think it through questions, which basically just give you opportunities to go through Ricardo and Keisha's story and either talk with the Holy Spirit about how you learned something through their story or talk with your small group about it. And what I really loved about Keisha and Ricardo's story is just digging into scripture about God's redemptive love. And that's what you're going to find on that discovery guide this month is looking up scriptures about what does that mean? What does redemption mean? What does it look like that we are redeemed through Christ? So if you're not a member of Patreon, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash STL community. Join today. And Patreon is just an easy way to support our ministry. It simply means being a patron. And so that helps offset the expenses associated with our podcast, with our website, and with the printing of our Bible studies, like when God shows up. When God Shows Up is an eight-week podcast Bible study, and it's available at StorytellersLive.org. So go to Patreon today and join us. And here's Keisha and Ricardo. Hi, I'm Keisha. I actually told my story on Storytellers Live a few months ago, and I'm so excited to be back. But this time, I bought company. Yes, her husband. My name is Ricardo, and I am the husband of this beautiful woman, and I am proud and honored to be, and I am honored to be on Storytellers. Thanks for the invitation. For the first time. This is your first time. For the first time, yes. Won't be the last, though. Absolutely. We are so elated to share our story. I was telling you that our story is like a redemption, a story of redemption, redemption, redemptive love. Redemptive love. Yeah, yeah. Not just love from each other, but our love from Christ himself. Mm -hmm. I, we both dealt with things in the past. I struggled with some insecurities. I think those insecurities came from um, the abusive relationships I may have been, you know, that I was in. Absolutely. And that's, it's funny how abusive relationships, 
Because you can have someone that, that does not have insecurities, but being in an abusive relationship will cause you to develop insecurities and the person can be make it happen in your life. Absolutely. So I dealt with those abusive relationships. And at the time, I wasn't as strong. I don't want to call myself weak, but I wasn't as strong as I am now. Absolutely. And even though I knew God then, I didn't know him like I personally know him today. So those struggles kind of had, they definitely helped me, shaped me in a way. Just dealing with abusive relationships and the insecurities that came with it, it was something that really almost got me to a place of where in the world is this love coming from? Not just the love of Christ. I never thought that I would be married I never thought that I would find love because of the struggles and the heartache and the pain that I went through. And you went through some hard times as well. Yeah, I went through an abusive relationship. You know, I won't call no names or get into any of the details, but I went through an abusive relationship, a mental and verbal abuse, abusive relationship. You know, and people may say, how can a man go through an abusive relationship? I'm telling you, men go through it. Yeah. And men hide. They hide in their garage. They hide in the fishing banks. Yeah. They had on, for me, I joined a motorcycle club after I finished college. I joined a motorcycle club and I was in a, in a bike club and I didn't get away from Christ, but my commitment to Christ wasn't as strong. It wasn't as, a priority. Right. Because I just, I was trying to get love in all the wrong places, I guess. And, yeah. And I think that men hide because that's what they are. We are men. We're not supposed to be getting abused. We're not supposed to be emotionally distraught. We are supposed to be strong, and everyone that sees us is supposed to see this this big linebacker who as who I am, and we're not supposed to feel those things. Yeah, and that's not it's not good to go through those things by yourself. That's why men need men, you know. And even on this platform that we're speaking on now, I hope some men are listening. You know, we have great opportunities as men to get together and help one another and to be there for one another. What saved my life was finding Christ and finding you. Mm-hmm. So a little bit about my background. I was raised in church. Right. But when I became a teenager, you know, you kind of get away from those things because you're doing your own thing. And I went to college and played football in college. Then after college, I got out and joined the bike club with some friends and, you know, started getting into different things and d- seeing different things. And my commitment for Christ, my love for Christ was still there, but my commitment had kind of dwindled away. Yeah. I wasn't as committed to church in Christ as I normally was, but that, that was a turning point in my life that happened. I'll never forget that. Absolutely. I want to I want to hear about that. I know you told me somewhat, but it, it seems new every time. And it happened for me as well. God had to literally intervene in my life and almost pick me up and move me to a different place because it was almost like I was not strong enough. And I know that to do it within myself, Mm -hmm. I needed the Lord. I needed the help of Christ to say, listen, you cannot do this by yourself. I grew up in church as well. I too went my own way, but I thank God for my praying grandmother, my mom that taught and raised me in the church. And we know that scripture to be true. When you're raised upright, you won't depart from it. You'll come back to what you knew, what your roots. Your first love. Well, your first love, yeah. So God intervened for me where I was feeling weak, was I where I was feeling low, where I was feeling all these insecurities. God intervened and he began to share with me who I was and who I was in him. He began to show me that I had freedom in him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's awesome because for me, I, I was as a teenager. I remember, you know, as a teenager, I got called to ministry, and I didn't know at that point exactly what type of ministry it was. I didn't know if I was going to be a pastor or in a church with working with children. I didn't know what was going on. I just know that I heard the Lord call me and say, "Go to Jeremiah." And as a teenager, I would only read the New Testament, so I never read the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know what Jeremiah was, but I opened up my Bible to Jeremiah chapter one, and it said, I called you and ordained you a prophet before the nations. And when you was in your mother's womb, I knew you and ordained you. I said, you talking to me? Right. And he said, I, you know, I called you to preach. So, you know, I accepted that. I said, wow, I didn't know really what was going on, but I accepted that. But, you know, what, what my turning point was, what really happened to me, Keisha, was I was in this bike club and I was at a biking event in Washington, D.C. And my friends and I, we were all in the hotel, in the hotel lobby, the whole hotel hotel was ours. And we went to this party and I came back and I was under the influence of alcohol and, you know, drinking and stuff. Yeah. This was my BC days and before, before Christ. Christ. And uh, I'd never forget, I felt something come over me mm. and take me over. Yes. So I went upstairs to my friend's room and he was sitting in the room with his girlfriend and I sat on side the bed. I said, man, I got something to tell you. And he said, what? I said, I think God is calling me to preach. And he looked at me and he said, I already knew it. It's all over your life. So that was my turning point. I quit the bike club. I got out of the bike club. This was in 2002. And uh, in 2008, I became a pastor. Yeah. And and God called me to pastor. And I've been pastor. We've been, I've been pastoring ever since. Now I got you. We're pastoring together. But that turning point was amazing. I mean, God called me <laughs> under the influence of yes. alcohol. Yes. I was not drunk. even yourself. Yeah. No, I was drunk, man. Right, right. And I had on my jeans, my boots, and my biker's vest, my colors and all that. And, you know, I'm this big dude, you know, in, in a bike club, riding his bike. And God called me. He hmm. said, I called you to pass. And I went and told my friend, I said, God has called me to pastor. And he looked at me and he said, I already knew it. And that was it. And I thank God for that friend, whomever he was, because at that time when you went and said that, it could have been someone there to to turn you away from Christ. Right. But he encouraged you and said, it's already there. Their confirmation came from him, even, you know, because he said, hey, I already see it on you. Right. So for him to just be there, I, you know, I think that's amazing. And I think it's important to talk a little bit about you and I, what, how that took place, because you and I both, before we got married, we were in a place of, I want to say despair almost within that, in the arena of our love life. You said you were ready to give up. I was ready to quit because after that last relationship or whatever you want to call it, (laughs) it whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said, Lord, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm going to get me a truck. I'm going to get me a dog. I'm going to get me a shotgun and build me a cabin in the woods and call it quit. Yeah. I am done. And then just like Jesus, remember Jesus said, Lord, remove this cup from me. Then he said, nevertheless, your will will be be done. So I said, Lord, I'm done. But I said, you know, your will be done. I said, if you go send me a wife, she needs to be be this and do this. You gave him a list. I gave him a list. Yeah. He sent you. Yeah. He sent you. And when you walk through those doors at the church, I heard the Lord say that your wife. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that as well, because even when you said, you know, the Lord had told you that he was giving you hope. He was saying, listen, I have something for you. Just hold on. Hope is coming. Hope is here. Hope is right in front of you. Even though you didn't act on it then, 
He gave you hope. And I think that I never asked you this, but, you know, you were going through something. You had came out of something. And here you are waiting for the Lord to bless you. You didn't know. You knew God. But you said, here, God, here's this hard list. You said you gave him a hard list because you said I gave him a hard list. I said, I wanted her to be beautiful. I wanted her to look like this. I wanted her to be able to cook. I said, I want her to be able to give back massages. I said, I, I named everything. I said, now, God. Now. And he just looked at you and said, I got it. And said, I, yeah. I got it. But he gave both of us hope yeah, where did. we needed it. You know, you know, the funny thing is, let me show you how funny this is. I pray, Lord, give me somebody that can cook and give massages. And I prayed. And I would tell my friend all the time, I remember yeah. we, talked to, we talked to her. I always said, Lord, you know how much I love to cook. You know how much I love to bake. And you know, I love, love, love to give massages. God, I, I, give me someone who enjoys those things. And what did she say? She told you what she said. She said, nobody's going to want all of that. Right. <laughs> she said, nobody's going to want all of that. God heard us even that those two little things that were big to us, he said, I'm going to make sure that you get what you want. I'm going to make sure you get what you want. Absolutely. You know, so the hard times we went through, mine were worth it. Were yours? Yeah, yeah. Because I can appreciate real love now. Yeah. I thought I loved, but I've never been in love, but now I am in love. You know, I'm in love with you. I've never been in love before. Because I've always tried to protect my heart, I guess. And now that we understand who Christ is, but understand who Christ is in us. In us yeah. And now it's easy to love because we love by the love of Christ. But, you know, as we were talking, I remember that vision that God gave me. Mm-hmm. It was a vision of bubble. Yeah. And it was in the universe. There was no other planet. It was just hovering. Yeah, hovering. Yeah. And you and I were in that bubble together and we were in like intertwined intertwined together and I looked at that bubble and I saw an umbilical cord coming from above you can see where it was going but the umbilical cord coming to the bubble and the Lord spoke to me and he said even though you live in this world you can create your own world yeah yeah and that that did something for me because I knew at that point that what our life would be, could be, and can be is up to us. Yeah. And, you know, that brings such an important... Did you see me just smile at you? I did, yeah. <laughs> I smiled back. That brings such an important... To me, I've heard that story, but when I heard it just now, I thought about our relationship with Christ. All the stuff that we go through, all the burdens, all the trials, all the tribulations are outside of that bubble. Right. Because inside that bubble, we have Christ. Wow. We have a comforter. Wow. We, ha- we have someone who we can lean on. We have someone who says, hey, bring all the burdens to me and lay them down. Yeah. And more importantly, because you just talking really brought something to me. Mm-hmm. It was only you and me in the bubble. Right. And the scripture says, where there's two or more oh, touching wow. in the green. Yeah. There he is in the midst, whatever that shall be done. Mm-hmm. So whatever we want done, it's right there. You and I, all we have to do is agree because God honors the union. He does, he does not look at it as you and me or you and I. He look at it as one person. Yeah. You know, just by talking, I'm thinking about, you know, our backgrounds. We both grow up in the church. You know, then what we went through as teenagers and adults, we went through trouble. We went through hard relationships. And you can almost kind of compare that again to your relationship with Christ, because here we are, we have to get to know who Christ is 
We have to fall in love with him. And how do you fall in love with someone? How do we fall in love? How did we fall in love? Well, you say, you like to say grow in love. Yeah, I like to say grow in love because falling can connote the denote failure. Yeah, yeah. We, we grew in love. But how do you grow in love with Christ? How do you grow in love with someone? You spend time with them. Right, intimate time. You talk to them. Right. You share things with them. And that's important for people who are married and for those that are not, because, you know, you want to spend that intimate time with God because in that intimate time with God is where he teaches you who you are. Yeah, that's fellowship. Right. And fellowship is the only ship that won't sink. You know what? I want to talk a little bit about how when we came out of where we were, how did you let your guard down? That is my uh, It's a loaded question, isn't it? And I can't wait to answer. I have never let my guard down. Right. Because I never trusted anyone. Yeah. Can I say something real quick? Even in the beginning, you know, I knew that you still had your guard up. I could see literally and feel that your guard was up because you never had someone that you could trust and lean on. Right. So what I had to do, it wasn't so much trusting you. Yeah. I had to trust myself and I had to identify the Christ in me. Yeah. And when I identified the Christ and the love in me, and I found out that he loved me and that he would protect me and that he sent you to me. Yeah. And when he sent you to me, I said, wait a minute. It took a while, but I identified the love of Christ. And then I started, found I found out that you really loved me. Yeah. And you showed me your love. Yeah. And my guards came down. I just didn't drop them. They came down gradually. Totally. Yep. But now that my guards are behind my back. Yeah. You know, and I remember you told me a story one time where you were so scared and nervous to let this love in that you were cutting grass is your therapy and you you do it amazing. Our yard always looks so nice. But you said you were on the lawnmower one day and you asked the Lord, even after he had told you, see, that's what we do. Even after God has told us something, this is your wife. You still said, Lord, does she love me? Yep. And the Lord said, yes, she does. And the Lord said, trust her. She will not hurt you. Right. And, you know, for me, letting my guard down, see, you know, I was single years before you. So I had time to really go before the Lord. Remember, I told you for a year, I laid before the Lord to learn how to become a wife. Right. Right. For me, I had to dispose of all that junk that was told to me when I was in, you know, the abusive relationship. I had to go to God again and see and find out who I was first in him. So my guards came down after I saw that you were not like these people. My guard came down after I didn't hear you tell me negative things about myself. My guard started to come down slowly when I saw that you were different. Right. I got better and I'm still getting better over time. Yeah. Yeah. We're um, we're still learning and growing together. Yep. And we're still learning each other. Right. But the closer we get, I would say just stick together because you and I haven't, we haven't had one day apart. We stay together. We talk on the phone when when we're apart from each other. So that helps. We stay together. We stick together. And we're just like glue. You know, you just stick together. I mean. Yeah. And as we're talking, you know, we both started to slowly let our guards down. And it was scary. Because we were letting someone in after being in relationships where we didn't trust. So, Lord, you want me to let this person in. But I wasn't able to trust that person. You know why? God wasn't in it. And, you know, and 
the thing about it, you and I come from almost the exact yeah. same background. Yeah. And this is why I told y'all, y'all really need to get us to the church. Oh, man. Because both of us were in the streets. We were out there crazy. We we had street sense. We we knew manipulation. We knew how to manipulate. We had a calm. We had a lie. We had a manipulation. Yeah. We were in the streets. And both of us were out there doing these crazy stuff. I mean, we could get what we want. Yeah. yeah. And, and the first thing I said in the beginning, wow. I said, you and I are just alike. I remember that. And I told you, I said, let's not run game on each other. Yes. Because both of us are just alike. Yeah. But, and you know, sometimes it's not that, and I told you this too, it's not that you're running game on each other. It's just that you remember what happened then. So sometimes you revert back to try to use what you did then to see if you can figure out what's going on. But we didn't have to do that with one another. Now our guards are not up separately. Now we hold one guard because we're on this side of the guard and the the shield and the world is on that side. We carry the same mantle. Right. And we both have the love of Christ. Yeah. And we love each other and we understand the principles of God's word which has allowed us to eradicate a lot of stuff that's trying to come up on our life that shouldn't be yeah, here. Yeah, and you know, I will say this. I think it's important because there is so much that's going on in this world today, and there is so many people, there are so many people that do con, that do manipulate, who made me. And you know, you can meet someone on social media. That is another form of meeting someone. So I will say in the beginning, to be cautious, to make sure that you're going to God, to make sure that God gives you the yes or the no or the hold on. Because hello, even in God's no, that's a blessing. That's a blessing sometimes because mm-hmm. he's saying, hold on, not yet. So I think our guards taught us really what not to do. Right. You know, we had our guards up and we were like, we knew and we saw that our guards being up in the beginning was hurting us. Right. Because I was defending myself and you was defending yourself. And, you know, here I was, you know, I'm such a loving, giving, thoughtful person. You didn't know how to receive that. And I, and, and I think you are okay with me saying this, you know, you know, I'm someone who makes sure you got a nice gift and gifts on the bed and a note in the living room or in the, in the bathroom or. Oh, when I came home one day, you had $440 taped to the mirror saying, I, I love, love you. you. And I really, I really love that. This is $440. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? I remember saying to you, you don't have to be afraid of my love. But I never, I'm right, and we will, we go give it the end, but I never received love mm-hmm. from uh, in a relationship, and I never knew what that looked like. So when I got it, I was like, what? What in the world is this? Yeah. Like, remember the time I told you, I never had a man tell me he loved me and hugged me till I was 19 years right. old. Right. So when it happened, I was like, "What in the world is going on?" Right. So now I have a wife. Yeah. It, that, it was foreign to us. It was crazy. I'm like, "How do you? I ask you, how do you love like this? Why do you want to rub my back? Why do Why you want to hug for me and cook and hug? Why do you want to give me gifts? What What is your motive? What is your angle? Yeah. But yeah. it was just pure love. And ladies, it's so important to, if you see that in your man, again, uh, the one that the Lord has brought to you, to help him, to help assure him, I am so serious about assuring this man if I see something, because I know how the enemy can creep in. So I am so serious about making sure that you know, without a doubt, I love you and I'm not going anywhere. So you do not have to raise those guards up again. And you, look, 
again, this is our third closing, but <laughs> yeah. you have assured me of that. Amen. I'm yeah. not going anywhere. Yeah. I would wake you up in the middle of the night. Yes, you would. Babe, you, would you ever leave me? And you would tell me no. Yeah. I'm not going. And that's very important. Women, if your husband asks you that a thousand times, you answer, answer him a thousand and one. Absolutely. It's so, so important. And I thank God that our guards have came down. I just want to encourage Oh, we, we just want to encourage people that may be listening. You know, sometimes you may feel like you're by yourself and you've come to the end of your rope and there's no more hope and there's nobody to turn to, nobody to talk to. Listen, God always has someone yeah. for everyone. It may not be 10 people, five people. It may only be one person. But I guarantee you that if you be patient and just wait on the Lord, God will introduce you to your mate. Your soulmate, or just or just a friend. Oh yeah, until that happens, you know, where they can talk and and just be able to lean on one another, someone that's trusting. And you know, it's just just thinking about it, I get a little teary eyed because sometimes you don't want to hear, "Oh, you're going through this. It'll be okay." Oh, turn to the Lord in Scripture. Sometimes you don't want to hear that. When I was going through that, I said, if I heard another scripture come out of someone's mouth I am going to scream but you know later on as I matured I knew that's what I needed I knew that that was the stability that was the rock the word of God that I needed yeah absolutely I totally agree with that I think about you and I God put us together and we got each other yeah and we we haven't been apart we haven't been apart at all I mean you know we've been married we just every day you know, and we got, we have each other, we talk to each other, and we, we've grown. Yeah. And you know what? It's important that people know that in marriages, you will have times where, what, how can I say this nicely? Trials and tribulations. <laughs> can I say that? Oh, it's definitely working patience. Whoa. You know, you, you will have times yeah. in a marriage. It's not 100% brownies and ice cream, because you know I love food. So I got to I got to compare it to food. Yeah. It's not 100% brownies and ice cream all the time. No, it's not. And you know the thing that our biggest challenge was: both of us are leaders. Yes. And both of us are strong-minded, strong-willed. Stubborn. You you more than me though. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Okay, okay. Yeah. But you know that's why the scripture gave us gave the woman the hardest thing to do. Mm. And the man, the hardest thing to do. He told the woman, submit yes. to your husband. Then he told the man, love yeah. your wife like Christ loved the church. And here's the hard part. And died for it. Wow. So my job is to love you like Christ. And what does Christ do? Remove burdens and destroy yokes. Yeah. So when you come in the house from work, my love should remove every burden and destroy every yoke on your shoulder when you walk in the house. But I can't do that if I'm uptight and I'm mad and I'm this because the bed ain't made and this or that. So I have to love you with the love of Christ. And the love of Christ died for the world, yeah. man. Yeah. But again, you know, you know I love to and I and I have to make the point of that it takes growth. And work. It doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. Nope. It doesn't happen overnight. So you can't get upset or be mad at your spouse spouse if, if the marriage isn't perfect. It doesn't happen overnight with yourself, with your spouse and with God. Those things can be perfected. I totally agree. There has to be three in the marriage. It's you, me 
and God. If we incorporate God in our marriage, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> well, four for us. Who is the four? Your mother. Oh, yeah. She was like the Hebrew boy. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. Was, she, she was, was in the, the furnace with us. She was the fourth one. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, just some encouragement. You know, whether someone may be going through something on their own single or even married, you know, someone who may be, someone may be listening who is trying to find Christ. We share these points and and statements of encouragement with the hopes that it will lift someone's heart toward the Lord. Yeah, this is something how God takes me over and I start discerning and feeling the presence and the anointing of God like I do now. I discern that somebody is listening right now that's in an abusive relationship that is afraid to leave. Yeah. They, they will be listening. They're afraid to leave because of what would happen. But I pray right now, we touch and agree in the name of Jesus. that you will be able to get a way out, an yes. escape way out. And God will deliver you and send someone to deliver you and set you free from this. Yes. I definitely believe that someone will be listening that needs to hear that. And you know what else? Because we both have that testimony. Mm-hmm. So someone has to listen. But you want me you want me to tell you something that can help? Yeah. Praying and asking God to remove all soul ties. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. When you do that, that definitely can help that which I mean, that definitely can help get things out of your life and back in order. But that's just a little nugget there. But you know, encouragement I feel always points a person to God's promises. And those promises answers them that all they face is under control, is under God's control. Right. Yeah. And that's 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 true. Everything is under God's control. I always say this, we do what we can and let God do the rest. Yeah. You know, um faith without works is dead. Of course we got to put our hands to the plow and we have to do something. Not look back. You know, um the definition of insanity is it, expecting things to change we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and it won't change unless you change yeah and anything will work if you do yeah god's word has answers for every situation in life that's true and as sons of god as believers we are given insight to the scriptures that can help strengthen and encourage not just ourselves but others First Thessalonians 5 and 11 says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, as you're doing. People are around us every day, whether at work, whether at home, whether at church, whether you're just in the grocery store. Many of these people are struggling. A lot of these people are still struggling with the hurtful words and or, and or things that may have been passed down or that was done to them in childhood. Right. We have to be the salt of the earth and speak up and give Christ and let them know no matter what you're going through, there is someone that can help you. Absolutely right. And we are the Christ in the earth. Uh, Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. So we are Christ in the earth to other people. And Romans 8 19 tells us that the earth is groaning and moaning yes. and people are waiting for the appearance of the sons to appear. So they're waiting on us. They're waiting on the sons of God, Christ in the earth, to appear to them, to bring them out of that situation and to bring them into, into, into life. God's into marvelous life. life, yeah. You know, a lot of people struggle, but in the kingdom of God, there is no struggle. No there's, struggle. There's suffering. Yes. But we endure hardness as a good soldier. And the word suffer means to endure. 
So we endure hardness. We got to go through it because things that happen to us happen for us. Yeah. And the Bible tells us to rejoice in different kind of temp- uh, temptations. temptations in different situations. So we have to know Christ. Yeah. And we have to get with somebody that know Christ. But but I want to ask you a question, babe. I want to ask you a question. What would you say to that woman that may be listening and she's in an abusive relationship? She don't know who to turn to. She has nobody to turn to. She's afraid. She don't know where to go. She don't know what to do. What would you say to her if you could talk to her? I would give that advice that, that I took for myself. Again, it's hard sometimes when you're going through, because you don't want to hear scripture. You don't want to hear all that, but still give it. Number one is because that's what strengthens you. What you eat is what you will regurgitate. What you eat is what comes out. So, you know, first of all, I would definitely say to get a relationship with Christ, get to know him. If you don't know who he is, get to know him. But it has to be natural things that happen as well. You have to find help. Your local city, they should have numbers that can help you if you're in a place where you need shelter. You can help, you can find that through calling, you know, your local shelters and things like that. And it's nothing wrong with a shelter. It's nothing wrong with getting someone to help you until you get to the place or where you want to be. So I definitely say, you know, find out, get to know who God is, get to know who God is. And therefore you'll get to know who you you are. All those things that the abuser told you, because that's what they do. They say all these things to make you believe that that's who you are. But when you start eating the word of God, he tells you who you really are. Wow. That's good. So, you know, I guess what you're saying, the abuser makes you feel like that they are the only one that loves you. Love you and Absolutely. the only one you can turn to, but Christ, Christ love, love is promised. Absolutely, you know, yeah. And there has to be a plan of escape. The Bible says, "Resist the devil, and he shall flee." Same thing in a abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. There has to be a plan of escape. If you are listening and you are in an abusive relationship, whether you're a man or a woman, there has to be a plan. Don't just leave. They say the most dangerous time for someone who's getting abused is when you tell that person you're about to leave. Don't do that. You don't know how that's going to spark, how that's going to fuel that fire. You have to make a plan. It's called a plan of safety. And that includes different things like, you know, gathering clothes, finding someone who you can trust, who you can talk to, someone who won't tell what's going on with you and things like that. So that's definitely something that needs to be done. Wow. Well, this is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to say it is the grace of God that gives us what we need to overcome our own difficulties and become a source of encouragement to others that are hurting. Absolutely. So I I know we're almost, I I want you to leave them with this. You came up with a slogan. We have t-shirts for it and it's amazing. We just had a conference for it. I want you to tell them what that slogan is and what it means. Yeah. The Lord spoke to me one day and he said, anything great is greatly challenged. So I came up with that slogan. The Lord downloaded that slogan mm-hmm. into my life. Anything great is greatly challenged. And what, what they're saying is anything that happened to you happens for you. Because all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose. So when you go through something, you can't just say, hey, I can't believe this is happening to me. Uh, why me? Why me? But you're great. Yes. Why not you? Yes. God has called you to this and called you to go through this for the purpose of his calling on your life. And because when he gets the glory, 
you appear with him in that glory. So when you go through things, there's always a ram in the bush. Mm -hmm. And when you go through things, you can understand that God is bringing you from a place to a place, to a better place, to him. So, you know, when we go through stuff, it's not a war is me. It's more of a, we got the victory. And the Bible tells us to be of good cheer. We have already overcome the world. And it's so much more to our story. We just have so much to tell and they, so much to talk about. But they, we can't to, talk. Yeah, we, they can come to our church. The whole nation, they can come visit us at our church. Yep, <laughs> yeah, and, and they can call us and we'll come visit them. Yeah. So this has been amazing. Redemptive love. Redemptive love. I, I love it. Not just the love that I received from you, but now the love, of course, the love that I received from Christ. From Christ in me. Yeah. From Christ himself. And that's awesome. I'm going to tell you, men, listen, when you find a good wife, when you find something good, because the Bible says in Proverbs 18, 22, when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and attain the faith from the Lord. Yeah. When you find a good wife, you're going to have challenges. Yeah. Every marriage has challenges. But learn to submit one to another and just give up sometimes. You know, just say, hey, I was wrong. You know, I apologize. Because somebody has to be the superhero in the marriage. Somebody has to be the superhero. Somebody has to say, hey, even though we're mad at each other, dinner's ready. Even though we're upset with each other, we're still going to the movies, you know, hold hands and we don't feel like it, you know. Yeah. Count to three. I can do it. I'm going to hug you on the count of three. One, two. All right, let me start all over. Yeah. One, two, yeah. three. And just do it. Right, right, right. And ladies, let me tell you this. It is a lot of scriptures. My husband reminds the men in the church all the time about the nagging woman in the Bible. But there are a lot of scriptures about you men. It is. So I think I think together, marriage, we make a pretty good team. I think so, too. Matter of fact, I know so. Will you pray? I know someone would love to hear you pray. Sure. Well, uh, Father, we come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise, honor, and glory. Yes. Thank you for this opportunity. Yes, Lord. We ask you to bless the storytellers uh, for inviting us. And yes, we, God. For those that are listening and stand of our voice, whatever you're going through, we just speak the presence of God and we come mm-hmm. into the blood of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And we send the host of heaven on your behalf yes, to God. protect you and minister to you. And the scripture says in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you shall be condemned. So we apply the blood of Jesus over your life, yes, and we say we love you. Thank you for listening to us. It's not often that we have a storyteller end their story with prayer, but I knew from the minute that they started sharing that this story was for certain women and men out there. We even referenced it, you know, we even talked about it, and they didn't end their story that not just women are going to be listening to this story, but men as well. And I knew when he said it, and I feel it even now, that this story is for you. If you are struggling in your marriage, if you are struggling in an abusive relationship, before we even start talking about their story, I want you to replay Ricardo's prayer for you and for your life. Yes, Robin. And you know, I hope that whoever is listening realizes that God can redeem any situation. Don't discard that. I hope that their story encouraged you in your marriage. You know, one of the things that he spoke about was, well, they both did about really being grounded in God's word. But the other thing that really spoke to me was just when Ricardo said, somebody has to be the superhero in the marriage. 
And it reminded me, you know, years ago, I did a study and it spoke about how wives are supposed to respect their husbands and husbands are supposed to love their wives. Those are the two things that God's word tells us to do. And if they aren't doing it, you get on this crazy cycle of, well, if you're not going to love me, I'm not going to respect you. And then the husband is like, if you're not going to respect me, I'm not going to love you. Somebody has to step in and be the superhero and stop that wheel. And you might not get what you want at the moment, but God will honor that. And then I also loved how Keisha did encourage you that if, if maybe you have tried to stop that wheel and you need a plan of safety, I love how she gave us that and mm-hmm. steps for someone if they really need help. Well, and Keisha and Ricardo were so real mm-hmm. and just that, hey, it's not brownies and ice cream, yes. right? <laughs> you know, and, but just to speak to the intimacy and spending time in relationship, yeah. spending time in relationship together, mm-hmm. but more importantly, spending time in relationship with the father. I like how Ricardo said, you know, I had to learn to trust myself again. Mm-hmm. I had to learn to trust the Lord again. Mm-hmm. And then he gave me this beautiful wife who cooks and gives <laughs> massages. Guess, oh, so that, that made me laugh so hard. Like, that Keisha, wow, way to go. But you know, I, I think we don't ask the Lord often mm-hmm. enough. Mm-hmm. He gave the Lord a specific <laughs> list of what he was looking for in a wife and people thought he was crazy. But God loves us. Absolutely. He loves us and he cares about what we care about. Mm -hmm. And that's just such a beautiful picture. I I mean, like you said, Katie, they finished each other's sentences. It was like sitting at their (laughs) dinner table. I laughed. I said it was kind of like watching a talk show or listening to a talk show. But God gave them each other. And it was such Mm -hmm. a gift and just such a picture that he truly cares Mm -hmm. about us and our desires. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other thing, too, that I think they encouraged us on, it's not just about marriage or relationships, but God can redeem any situation situation. or circumstance that you're in right now. So just remember that. And again, I think that discovery guide on Patreon helps you dig into scripture to remind yourself that he is a God who redeems. Absolutely. To really claim that. We're always so thankful when you share our stories, when you pass them along, but especially when it's a topic like this of domestic violence or redemption Mm -hmm. in a relationship or marriage, would you please share this story with a friend that you know needs to hear it? We know because Ricardo said in the story that there is someone that needs to hear this. And so whether you text it to a friend, you share it on social media, just know one, how thankful we are, but two, you're sharing the hope of Jesus. If you want to tag us, we love that. And we can share it as well at Storytellers Live Podcast. So you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And thank you for listening. And we will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.